Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Seagrid podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CarsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site. Um, with me for the second show this week is Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, the SB Nation site covering the Arizona Cardinals, and of course, uh, one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast, a podcast that you should be listening to, especially this time of year um, with, with the Combine, with the draft coming up in a couple of months. Um, if you don't follow them all college football season now you can get your fill of, of of draft information in this episode seth i'm glad you you often don't do the second show with me but i'm glad to have you on again we've got the coaching staff announced but that's not what we're going to talk about because we kind of talked about stuff that already but we can actually talk about the roster can't we now yeah we can and kind of look at what they need to do and maybe what um comes next for them right yeah um, how you know and it's it's the fun time of year where we can speculate and then we recalibrate after free agency again the combine is already underway with with drills and things happening that'll wrap up at the beginning of next week and then soon after that free agency will be around and so we we want to talk about uh, in this edition of the show not necessarily whom the, on the roster they should re-sign, let go, whom they should cut, things like that, or even free agent targets. We're going to go through position by position and talk about the sort of like how great a need is that position, how critical is addressing that position, and the type of need they have. Do they need a backup? Do they need a starter? Do they need depth? Um and in that sense, they'll, they will have some sort of need at every position, naturally. So let's get started. We want to talk about first quarterback and running back and receiver. So we look at the quarterback position. Um, you know Kyler Murray is going to be out all offseason in probably a few games into the season. Colt McCoy is coming back from some procedure that we don't know about. I'm guessing it is probably related to... His it might be related to his neck. Um, he had he he was on the neck injury report late in the year for a neck before he had the concussion, but he'll be limited in the off season. The David Blau is a restricted free agent, I believe, and as far as I can tell, Trace McSorley is 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 going to be an unrestricted free agent, and I don't think anyone's going to try and bring him back. But that said, how critical. How critically, how important is addressing the quarterback position this offseason? Yeah, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, we talked a little bit about Jacoby Brissett and, 
it would tell us about where they are at mentally with what um, or where Kyler is and what Kyler is going to be doing <clears throat> if they bring in Brissett or not, right? Because Brissett is a guy that you're looking at in the eight to eight plus game world, whereas um, you know McCoy health is an issue, obviously, but like if he can be ready for the start of the season, and you're only expecting Kyler to miss three, maybe four games, you go with McCoy, right? But um, if you're if it's going to be eight plus games, we've seen that Colt McCoy, you know, God love him, good good backup. He's just not that guy. Like that's just not where he's meant to flourish, and and. So you would probably bring in somebody else. Now, you know, Kyle Odegaard talked about it on Twitter the other day. Brissett really played himself probably into a starting role this year for for a number of teams. I mean, you've got the Houston Texans, unless they draft somebody. You know, you've got the Indianapolis Colts who, you know. Or even if they do, even if they draft somebody. Right, exactly. So those situations all kind of lend themselves to probably being a better chance for him because while they may be drafting a young guy, it could be one to two years. Whereas with Kyler, you know, he's taking over as soon as he gets back. Right. Like, yeah. There's no question. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch because I think more than anything, the McCoy situation is going to tell us what they need to do this off season. Um, because if McCoy is not going to be around and be healthy for the start of the year, then they have to bring in somebody whether, and and at that point you would feel almost like it's got to be through free agency, right? Like a veteran that you can't come into the season with a mid round pick that you're, you're starting. Um, unless you really, I mean, and again, this is a new staff, so we don't even know what they're going to think of David Blau, but unless they, they believe in David Blau. Obviously, I think he and Dave Sears had some overlap in Detroit. So, you know, if they believe in Blau and they can go get a guy like a, uh, you know, like a, who's the kid I'm thinking of out of uh, out of Houston, Clayton Toon, you know, on on day three, you know, with that one of those extra comp picks. You go do that, and and if if you're comfortable with Blau and McCoy's not going to be there, right? Um, if you're not comfortable with Blau, then you go and you know the names are. Let's be honest; they're they're not pretty, right? Like <laughs> they're they're not they're not guys. But you're you're looking at it in the sense of giving you what? Ho- hopefully, no more than seven games. That that's kind of the hope, and for me, you look at the position. I I don't call it a critical need, but it's definitely an urgent need. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, they need bodies. They need bodies on the roster for right exactly. for when for when the workout when off season workouts begin. They need bodies in the in the work in the meeting room. Now Kyler's going to be there in the meeting room. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be here this off season. That he's got a lot of money and bonuses tied up on that. Plus, he's got his rehab. I'm sure he's going to want to be part of the classroom part of everything that is happening. Um, the Colt situation is interesting because, I mean, we we kind of discuss how much do they want to put into that? How much money do they want to put into the quarterback room? Are they just going to? bring in a low-end backup with experience in the system 
um, like someone that, uh, you know, the, the Cleveland's backup backup or Philly's backup, not even not even like a Garden, Gardner Minshew, but someone who can get reps and be capable until Colt's ready and, and uh, who then who can let, make his full, who can take all of the, you know, the first team training camp reps. Let me throw a couple names at you. Case Keenum. He's always fine. I mean, we 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 had him pegged as the Cardinals' backup back in 2019. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush wouldn't be bad. He wouldn't be. Now, now the question is, does he, you know, get away? But um, who is the next guy I had on here? Uh, where did it just go? Teddy Bridgewater. Not you bad. think he's going to get a chance to start somewhere? I don't think so. Okay. And then the last one would just be uh, if you went and grabbed, like, Josh Dobbs. You know, he was there with Monty Austin for it. You obviously know he's not a guy that's going to win you games, but he wasn't terrible in those games either, right? Right, and that's that's kind of the thing is that they made it sound like like McCoy's injury wasn't any big deal. It's just a matter of who'll be losing some offseason reps. So if you need someone who knows the system and can can hold things down in the in the spring, you know, the shorts, the shorts uh, part of the the of the offseason until McCoy can get back, that you. Any honestly, any guy works. Um, it it just becomes critical who's who's taking those reps in training camp, basically. Yeah, and and that's what it will come down to, right? Is like how the off season plays out. What, who you know, you know, one of the guys that's going to be there is going to be a name we've never heard of, like a Jared <laughs> Guantanamo last year, right? Like that's that guy's going to be there and throwing the ball unrelentingly, but. From there, you know, it just becomes, like you said, it just becomes interesting to kind of follow along with it. Let's look at the running back position. Um, you you have your starter in James Conner. Um, whether he they're going to, you know, what are they going to go with the one back kind of scenario, the dual back? The Petsing comes from a comes from a, a team that that had two capable, you know, one great and one pretty good. In Kareem Hunt, who's also a free agent, but uh, you don't know what they think about this. Th- I mean, this regime. I don't. We don't know what the, any of them think about Keontae Ingram, um, because you don't have the same guy that drafted him, and you don't have the same coaching staff. So that'll be interesting. I, I would think that running back is a little. It's not urgent. It's needed, but it's not urgent i think they will address it but it's i don't think it's a critical need i don't think it's an urgent need but it is um it isn't it's needed and but it's it's something less than urgent yeah and it's one of those situations where they're probably a little strapped specifically because we don't know you know well one they can't move on from james connor at this point and so it wouldn't be shocking to see them address running back but like you said for the fans and for us it doesn't feel like a need that they need to worry about at right this time. right and it's like every every position has need because you need some depth but at least right now it, it's not 
urgent. It's not critical. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks critic is urgent, and there are some positions we're going to come across that are critical. Like the running back is in it. They 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 will address it, but it's not like oh gosh, who's going to be at the running back position? It's going to be James Conner. Well, but you also have to remember we talked about it last night a little bit, right? That they they one can't address every position this offseason, but two that they don't necessarily agree with how the how steve keim or right vance joseph or cliff kingsbury evaluated a player either right so every position could be critical because we don't really know what they actually think of those players and yeah. so you know but to your point like from the from the names and the makeup of who is in there or salary wise who's in there that the the running back position falls a little lower yeah wide receiver i would say is that the the level of need at receiver is undetermined as currently constructed you feel pretty good you've got d hop you've got hollywood you've got rondell moore which is what they were counting on last year and didn't get a single game of having all three players there that's the unfortunate thing there but uh uh until they make a decision on on DeAndre Hopkins and his future with the team. But as currently constructed, it is, to me, simply an undetermined need right now. Um, is If the roster looks like it now, it's not a great need at all. They just need depth. They need depth. Uh, they always need to add stuff, and, and it'll be interesting to see how that moves forward. Obviously, Robbie Anderson is not going to be paid $12 million to be on the Cardinals roster. We can guarantee you that. Um, but that said, Wide receiver position to me is is you know is basically tabled right now. Yeah, and it's one of those things that you know I was talking to some buddies that are big Ravens fans, and and they're like, we hate, and this is a little you know different, but they're like, we hate this mock draft season because none none of these mock drafts get us excited about a player because it just kind of all feels the same. And I responded to them. I said, you guys are in a similar boat to what the Cardinals are, obviously in a different position, because until you have clarity on Lamar Jackson, like nobody really is comfortable making a a, <laughs> a, a, a call on what the Ravens are going to do. And it's kind of similar with the Cardinals, right? Like the Cardinals don't really need a wide receiver because they have Hopkins, Brown, Moore, Dorch, like those are, I mean, if you go into that season with your, those are your top four, you're like stacked room, right? Right. But as, as soon as you take Hopkins out of the situation, you're like, no, that's yeah, not. <laughs> wide receiver is probably a need, right? <laughs> like, so it's just, yeah. it's, it's one of those odd situations where you're like, I don't think it's a need, but I also don't know. We're going to play it by ears. This kind of, <laughs> as this continues to go along and hope that we get some clarity shortly. Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best our Cardinals talk on the web. We'll be back talking about um, kind of the big guys, tight ends, so the, the the bigger guys of the skilled players, and then the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of our Cardinals talk on the web. Uh, let's move on to the next position group that we can discuss. That would be the tight end position. Uh, obviously, we've got Zach Ertz coming back from an ACL tear. Um, hopefully, he will be uh, available near, if not to start the year, or near unto it. Uh, kind of the timing of when that happened, if you're looking kind of the Carson Palmer timeline, Ertz could most certainly back be back. It is a little bit different for... 
a quarterback than it is to say for a tight end who has to do a lot more things as a blocker having to put his body on big guys and then run and make cuts and sprint down the field as opposed to just, you know, drop back and throw passes. They got Trey McBride. Guy, I, I, I'm, I am hoping that this coaching staff views as a talent worth keeping around. And so I would say that the tight end position in terms of a need is secondary. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, and one of the things that you and I had talked about previously, obviously, is that um, – the Max Williams situation, right? And I, I can't. It's, I can't. It's, he's he's going to be a free agent, and I think he's going to retire. I, I mean, the guy can't walk right, right? <laughs> and so you know, I think, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. I think there was a report that he's having drop foot issues still. Like we're what a year post op already. And so for those of you that don't know what that means, basically it means that like the nerve in his foot, like Jess is saying is like basically, or the nerve in his leg, the upper leg to the lower leg is causing issues where he's not able to control it. Like you know, you and I normally would. Um, and he was trying to play through it and work through it and everything. And so, if that is true, if that is real, then it's not likely that we'll see him at all, right? Like he's like he gutted, he basically gutted through last year, right? He should definitely, and we're big Max Williams fans on this podcast, so this is not anything negative. Like he just needs to be done, yeah. At that point, um, and and so that you know, and then with the urge thing, I think a day three guy, but you also have to remember. This is probably the best tight end class maybe ever in terms of prospects. <laughs> right. You got you got Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Um he's he's flashy but not spectacular. Like he does everything well. Like he's a great prospect. Right. Um you got Dalton Kincaid out of out of Utah. And what's interesting about him and Daniel Jeremiah says he's he's like Zach Ertz plus. Yep. And then you've got guys, you know, Luke Musgrave, you've got that's a sounds like a country singer, but is actually a, a really good tight end out of Oregon State who's going to blow up the combine. You know, you've got guys all over the place. So it's really just <clears throat> about figuring out, yeah. you know, and, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, will this be a heavy two tight end offense? Because obviously McBride and Ertz, ideal, but if Ertz is going to miss – any significant time well then, then I mean, the thing about the tight end position is that now if you can do Ertz mcbride and be special like what the patriots did with two tight ends for a while or they have the right. kind of what they have hunter henry johnny smith now um but even if not you go with mcbride and random blocking tight end that you have on most rosters ross right. dwelly or and right. any any guy that plays tight end because they they're all over the NFL and you've probably never heard of them, but you're like, oh, that's a that's the other tight end who doesn't catch passes. Well, and I think to to your point, I think that's where you go get probably a guy like 
with that, what is it like the 98th pick or whatever it is, you know, that, that first pick in the compensatory round. There's a couple of free agent tight end Browns that Pharaoh Brown and um, who's the other guy, Jesse James, who could make sense as well. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then even like a Garrett Griffin out of Detroit, right. That was with, yeah with Sears so like all those guys and what about Philly I didn't even look at Philly no they don't have any okay um, <laughs> yeah um offensive line critical need critical need the Cardinals have DJ Humphreys and their left guard their left guard free agent Justin Pugh free agent Rodney Hudson we don't know right guard Will Hernandez free agent um, then you've got Kelvin Beecham, free agent. Josh Jones uh, probably is going to probably going to start somewhere. Who knows? But that the offensive line is critical. <laughs> There's no way around it. They have to address that position. And if they don't, like they do have guys on the roster. Like you've got uh, Marquise Hayes coming off the injury. But what does this coaching staff think of him? You've got Lasita Smith. He was on the show last week. He wants to be a starter. Um, but I mean, he's unproven. He's got one NFL start to under his belt and now will be in a new offense. And so you look at how the offensive line is currently constructed. You can't say anything other than critical need, critical need. Well, and it 1000% is, let me ask you this though, with how high, and obviously again, completely different coaching staff, but with how high the, um, the guys were on Marquise Hayes. Do you think that matters, or do you think because it's a brand new staff, it just does, it can't matter at this point? Well, I mean, you don't have the guy that drafted him. You don't even have the same position coach, and you don't have the same coaching staff. I think, yeah, probably I mean, can't matter. Right? Yeah, I, I don't think it can matter. They, they're going everyone, especially those young guys draft. Like when I was talking to Lucidas, as one thing is like you notice is like these kids drafted these guys drafted last year. They have to completely prove themselves because the organization, basically the team that they are on, didn't draft them anymore. Yeah, and that's why I was curious to get your your opinion on it. So, you know, you run through the names, right? You've got uh, tackles that could be interesting if they don't bring back Kelvin Beecham. Andre Dillard from the from the Eagles, you know, he was a first-round pick. And then their seventh round pick ended up being a really good starter. So he's available. Um, you know, the guard position, like you said, it's the interior offensive line basically is a, a coin flip at this point. We have no idea. Um, you know, Dan Skipper and Evan Brown, both out of Detroit. Uh, you've got you've got Isaac Siomulo, the starting guard out of Philly and then um, Aaron Brewer and Nate Davis out of Tennessee. So, I mean, there are names there obviously. And then the center position, which is going to be really interesting, I think for all of us to kind of follow along with, right. How that works out. But Ethan Pochick, the Brown center is available. Um, you know, it would probably make sense and then Corey uh levin who's with the with the titans not their starter is available as well so like a lot of veterans that have um that have connections to the cardinals new staff 
that that would all make sense and none of them are gonna like none of them except maybe um like nate davis or suomolo are gonna break the bank right yeah yeah probably not but nonetheless critical need and defensive line it's gonna be very interesting um yeah defensive line that is i know they're gonna prioritize it as critical and but it's sort of urgently critical i don't think it's hit critical critical but it's probably slightly more than urgent to me you get zach allen back it it changes a lot of things especially since it it, they are likely probably going to look more like a more traditional four three um and now they've got bodies there. If they bring back Zach Allen, you've got Zach Allen and Cam Thomas who can play the edge. Marcus Golden, whether they would use him um, in the rush linebacker position like Hassan Reddick uh, in Philly or what they would put him on the defensive edge um, like he was there in, well, like he was here in Arizona in 2018. Um, you've got, you've got the, you've got the two, interior guys in Lucky Fotu and Richard Lawrence, uh, the coaching staff, the previous coaching staff and the, and uh, evaluators loved Richard Lawrence. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. And Lucky Fotu has, has, has been basically just a guy, but the sort of player that flashes every once in a while and, and because of his physical ability kind of looks like a guy who could bloom, have be a late bloomer. And so, you know, I, I'd say it's not quite critical, although it will be prioritized. We do know we do know this that they're going to prioritize that defensively because that's if they can get guys who generate pressure without blitzing, that is sort of how they're defensively going to build things. So it's something more than critical. But not, I mean, sometimes something more than urgent, but not quite critical in my eyes. Well, and I think it depends on what you're looking at. I think, you know, the names that kind of make sense that are out there, critical would be the interior defensive line. Um, Obviously, it's a little different right now because Gannon, we talked about Philly on offensive side of the ball, but like they have no connection to the Browns on the defensive side of the ball so you don't you know so now all of a sudden you lose some of that but like you look at the defensive side of the ball with where their connections are and there's a couple names that jump out right away and they're not the big names i mean obviously fletcher cox javon hargrave from philly are like the ideal guys right but there are two names to keep an eye on that make a lot of sense and that's the first one's isaiah bugs out of detroit um he's a fourth or he'll be in he's a four year, fourth year guy, so he'll go. He's going into his fifth year, and he started 13 games last year for the Lions. Played 67 percent of the snaps, um, you know, and he's one of those kind of gritty interior guys. He only had one sack, but he had 46 tackles, um, 10 quarterback hits, like career year, and he's he's only. Uh, going to be 27 this year so like first year free agency you know coming from detroit where dave sears was at they'll you know kind of similar kind of defense right that you're talking about the other guy that makes a lot of sense from tennessee is 
and I'm going to butcher the name, so I apologize ahead of time. I don't know if it's Tyer or Tier or how they pronounce it, but uh, Tart, the defensive lineman. So he's a third year, or he'll he's th- a three year guy going into his fourth year. So he's a restricted free agent. So he's going to be an interesting case. Um, but he played in 16 games, started 16 games, played right around 50% of the snaps. So, you know, again, another 27 year old that does the dirty work on the inside, you know, one and a half sacks, five tackles for loss. That's it. But he had, you know, he was a big part of that Tennessee front and that defense and really, you know, kind of improved the last couple of years. So guys like that, right. Are the ones that you're like, okay, because they're not, we just talked about the offensive line guys. They're not going to break the bank. You know, they're not the guys that are going to cost you, you know, 12, 14 million a year. Whereas like a Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave, that's probably what you're going to pay for one of them. Right. Like even, even though Cox is now in, you know, he'll be 33 this year and Hargrave is 31. Those guys are still going to command 10 plus million dollars. Yeah, totally. Totally. And Whereas like getting like a tart and a, and a bugs, that might cost you eight million combined, right? And so that's kind of what you look at in this case and see how it works out. Those are just names to know, but like guys that have been in organizations with the decision makers that moved up, that kind of impressed. You know, you mentioned like Rashard Lawrence and and Lucky Fotu, right? Like if Lawrence had been healthy, he would be a guy that, you know, if if the Cardinal staff or like Adrian Wilson, right, would be like, hey, I want Rashard Lawrence in Carolina. Like he's a free agent. Go get him, bring him here. You know, that's the type of guys that you're looking at right now. Coming up next on the Rise Up Series podcast, the best of our Cardinals talk on the web. We're going to take our last look around the roster. We're going to look at the linebacker position, defensive backs, and specialists. That coming up, that's coming up next on Rise Up Series Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, best of our Cardinals talk on the web. If we're going to assume at linebacker that they're going to look defensively someone like someone like the Eagles in terms of personnel, because of Isaiah Simmons, because of Zaven Collins, because you put you could put Marcus Golden at that rush position, MyJ um, Sanders probably he he comps to that position. Uh, that I honestly, the linebacker position is secondary to me. I think there there's need, and I think they will address it because of the just. It feels like it feels like depth unless yeah, it's, a, it's a secondary um, need, right? Unless they're going to do something that we're unaware of and like switch and maybe use, you know, maybe they're, they're like, oh, Simmons can play the Reddick role, like you know, you and I don't know that we're talking about him in the Kaiser White role, we right? Talked about that the other, you know, and they're like, no, we're gonna do this. Then all of a sudden, you need a Kaiser White, right? But but for the most part, you feel like you're okay there. I'm just gonna say though, I'm not gonna be shocked if they bring in T.J. Edwards. I don't know who he plays over. I don't know. <laughs> any of that or if all three are on the field together but i will not be shocked because one of the biggest things and you mentioned it with jordan hicks yesterday one of the biggest things is bringing in a veteran that you that the coach is comfortable with as well right and and that would obviously be edwards who's called the defense the last two years for the eagles put up great numbers and and just you know 
we're not saying it. We agree with it. We're not saying that's what should happen. That's just, it feels like that's what's going to happen. Okay. Um, cornerback position with Byron Murphy um, as a free agent. You're left with Marco Wilson. Um, and yeah, that, that's a critical need. That, that's and a if, critical need. It, totally. And, it's a critical and, need. And they're already being tied to James Bradbury, which would make a ton of sense, right? Again, a guy that Gannon and uh, Nick Rallis are comfortable with coming in, being the veteran presence in the room. Um, and if, you're, if your corners are Bradbury, Marco Wilson, and then you go add somebody in the draft or another guy in free agency, right? You know, you look at uh, Tennessee – the corners that they have or, or Detroit, the corners that they have. And, and it doesn't just have to come from those organizations, but we're just talking about guys that people are comfortable with that have worked with before, especially with a coaching staff that's heavy in the college football ranks. That's just kind of where we're going to see how it plays out. Right. But you've got guys like uh, Amani Arorier from Detroit, Mike Hughes, you know, those guys, would both make sense. Like we mentioned Bradbury, you know, um, and then a, a Terrence Mitchell's another older corner that could make sense. But like, that's the thing is with, with Bradbury kind of being penciled in among the NFL community, not something that you and I are saying is going to happen, but penciled in among the NFL community, it makes that need a little less. And then if you re-sign Byron, which you and I are very skeptical it's going to happen. Not because we don't want Byron back, but it's going to be hard to justify paying him what he's going to get on the free market. Right. right. Like the fact that, one, his position versatility, um, but two, the fact that he played almost exclusively outside last year and played fantastically before he got hurt. I, I know the injury is going to might change the price tag a little bit, but, you know, He's. I think he gets a. I think he in free agency he will be a guy who gets a surprising contract like Christian Kirk last off season. Yeah, and that's the thing is like it, you can't blame the Cardinals if they don't pursue that, right? Like at that point you go, good luck. Like we loved you, we were happy with you. It's just it that makes it a re- that's a yeah. really hard contract to match right he wasn't because he wasn't drafted by by these guys um you've got you've still got marco wilson on the cheap especially if you like and, and and he he played fairly well last year and he's got the he's got the physical traits that you like in a cornerback um yeah and, and that's yeah that's just but it, it's still the cornerback is critical they did whatever they do with it safety that's an interesting position because we'll have to know what but as as constructed it's it's a secondary need unless they decide to change directions. And it's one of those things that, you know, um, if you listen to the show with Devon Kennard, he said um, one thing that is almost always typical of a new coaching staff is that they're always, in the first couple of years, as they try to build the roster the way they want it, there are talented players who get pushed out. Uh, It doesn't sound like that would be Buddha, based on, like, you know, Bonnie Austinfort, Jonathan Cannon, and Nick Rollis, um, all were very, they, they gushed about Buddha. Could Jalen Thompson be a guy that they move on from because of fit, because of whatever? But but uh, if we're 
that's we don't know that yet. So as of right now, for me, the safety position is simply a secondary need. Yeah, you just sit, you have your starters. You just, right, you just sit and let it play out. It, and Isaiah Simmons all, might be a safety too. So right, and and it's almost an almost, but in a slightly different way. It's almost like the the wide receiver position, right? Like, yes, we got to see how the other shoe drops before we make any comments about what uh what it's gonna look like or if it needs because until they make a move or or move on from you know like you said doubtful buddha or or, but if they move on from Jalen or something else like then why even speculate because it just doesn't feel like there's anything that they need to do right no i mean you always need depth guys always right right you're always going to add depth Every single time, every year. And, you know, it's funny, Justin and I talked about this because this is, um, this is something that you have that happens every year and the Cardinals are big time culprits in it and not in a negative way. Right. But every year, some guy from Cincinnati, like James Wiggins blows up the combine athletically. And then, and then your team drafts him in the sixth or seventh round, and you go, "Yeah, he's going to be." This. <laughs> yeah, holy cow, this guy's going to be phenomenal. And then he's like a special teams only guy that gets cut a lot, brought back a lot, because that's just that's without sounding rude, those guys are a dime a dozen. Like they, they're literally it happens every single year. And so, to your point, like they're going to draft a safety in the sixth or seventh <laughs> round and and then we're going to get excited because he's an athletic freak and then we're going to go oh yeah it didn't matter at all yeah specialists that's a critical need you don't want to say that but let's let's be honest they're kicker long snapper and punter all free agents and they're all old the guys that they read that they signed for their their future contracts nolan cooney hasn't punted you know elliot fry you might know who he is and Joe Fortunato. Now he's the long snapper. He, he, you know, they, they ended the year with the former green Bay Packers, um, long snapper. Joe Fortunato was the guy that followed him <laughs> in green. Bay. Well, and so this goes back to, you know, and we don't, let's be honest. We don't really look at this, but you've got, Michael Badgley, who was in Detroit. That's it from that perspective. Uh, punters. Did Cameron Dicker, uh, he's on a roster right now, isn't he? He is on a roster. I'm, okay. Yep, that's what I'm going through right now. And you've got the Tennessee long long snapper Morgan Cox, but he's 37. So... So well, and, you're actually getting you're is, actually getting older at the position. <laughs> with with the with the specialist though, it's very possible we could see that trio return because Jeff Rogers, special Jeff teams, Rogers he's still back, here, right. and so he's that that's a guy they know. So it, it's very possible they return, but nonetheless, because you have three complete unknowns as the specialists on your roster right now, all three specialist positions are critical needs. Now, obviously, that critical usually falls below the critical at other positions because uh, you can find adequate punters and kickers, well, at least adequate punters and long snappers and 
And kickers, if they're not good, you you just burn through every few weeks, apparently. Right. Right. And that's and that's just what it comes down to. I mean, this is these are positions that you know you either like you said, you either bring in a veteran that you know or you cycle through young people until you get get what you're looking for right like and we've seen the cardinals do both doesn't really matter who the coach is and and that or the gm is or or who's making decisions they've done both and the one thing i'll say is that typically they they hold on to their punters right like (laughs) they usually have decent punters so yeah yeah absolutely and and with that, that come, brings us to the end of our kind of our positional need show. Uh, we will be back again next week, and and the hope is we will have two shows um, with the trio of myself, Seth, and Justin Higdon, basically where you can get bonus episodes of the original Draft Breakdown podcast with me asking questions. <laughs> so uh, that wraps up episode 404 we'll be back again next week that's seth cox i'm just root thanks for listening as always thanks for listening to the latest edition of the rise up sea red podcast listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on apple podcasts stitcher radio Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.